Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. All right. Today's guest is Matthew Solomon. And welcome, Matthew. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate it. So I'm just going to dive right in and kind of start asking you a few questions. So I know that you do a lot of relationship coaching and um, couples and partnership coaching. So let's kind of start from there. How did you get into that? And what do you think led you down that path? I just kind of want you to give me a little bit of background about yourself so that we know, so we can set the scene of how you help other people. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's so funny because it, it wasn't a linear path. I didn't uh, set out to do this. I didn't intend to do this. It was uh, part of my journey and, you know, for lack of a better word, a calling that, that I've ended up doing this. Um, and you know, like you said, I, you know, I work with couples and individuals. I also work with corporations and universities to, to, to create cultures where people form partnerships and community. And so for me, I, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles and I had a, a very unique experience. I found out it was unique where I grew up with everybody. My, my middle, my, well, we call it middle school now. My junior high school and high school were very mixed, you, you know, racially uh, as far as religion, um, all of that. You know, so, so I, all of my friends were like, if, you know, when we talk about the melting pot, like that, that was my, that was all of our experience. And I'm still close friends with a lot of them now. And so being a white, straight male in Los Angeles, growing up with people from the black community and Asian community and Latin and Hispanic, I saw how I had different experiences and I was treated differently. And, you know, some, some were very subtle and some were very extreme. Um, But I saw those differences and I was always very curious about that. And then especially growing up Jewish and then recognizing other religions and every religion was like well we're right and they're wrong and but we're right and they're wrong and so I always had these questions about who's right or how do we know which which led me to you know my my path to I was a musician and I went to college for music at University of Southern California but I started taking sociology and anthropology classes and learning about how societies are structured learning about systemic racism learning about uh, comparative religion. And this was during the time in LA of, there was the Rodney King beating, there was the LA riots, there was all, all of this like, you know, culturally related upheaval. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, so it, it, it formed a lot of my awareness. And then I, I was in the music business for 15 years. And then I found myself in acting and, and then filmmaking where I was writing and directing. I still do make movies, writing and directing movies. And there was always this socially aware, uh, not, not always intended, but, you know, an element of that in what I was writing and producing. And at the same time, my own personal development journey had me uh, learning Kabbalah, learning about Buddhism, uh, learning, training martial arts, teaching martial arts, getting into Eastern philosophies, um, 
I, I was always wanting to be a better man and a better partner. Ultimately, you know, I was, I'm divorced now, but a better husband, a better father. And so I would take all these courses on relationships and personal development. And I became a program leader for a company called Landmark Worldwide, which is one of the major personal and professional training and development companies in the world. And so I would lead programs and workshops. I would train other leaders. I would train the teams that worked with uh, teens and young people. And, and that's where I learned how to coach and really learned how to listen in a way where people feel heard and understood, which translated into my work in, you know, as a filmmaker in, in terms of bringing people together, but then ultimately made me a really... Uh, effective coach because people would come to me with deep, you know, personal, we were talking about traumas, uh, medical issues, relationship stuff, and whatever it is. And I was able to, I am able to provide this space where they feel heard and understood. And in that space, like we're all able to relax and then find solutions and then create something new. And so you know, that's, that's the, the short version. And then, and then ultimately I, you know, aside from my private coaching practice, I I'm hired as a consultant. Uh, for instance, there's a year long program that I'm responsible for that I'm leading for a college in New York state where I'm, I'm the guy that's, that's leading these workshops and programs on listening and understanding to bring students and faculty and staff together so that they can create uh, the future of that school. So let's kind of dive in a little bit more to how you help um, trauma and relationships regarding trauma, because that, that's just so interesting to me, yeah. just because of my path and my journey. So I'd like you to kind of expand a little bit on that. How, how do you um, take these individuals or these relationships and allow them to express their trauma or express their emotions or work with them where they are at? Yeah, um, such a great question. You know, you know, unfortunately, in our society, we're not, we don't really have the space to even have emotions or even have you know, you know, traumas, let alone express them. There's a lot of shame around that. There's a lot of suppression. There's a lot of, you know, oh, you know, it's been X amount of years, you should just get over it, you know, which, which just makes it worse. And, 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 and the reality is, you know, I believe that all of us are carrying around some amount of trauma from something, you know, perhaps at different levels, but we're all carrying around stuff. And, and what we really, what our souls really desire is to be able to express it and release it. And so, I always start with just being that space and creating that space where whatever it is that you need to say, whatever it is that you need and want and desire to express, you get to express that fully without any judgment, without any interjection from me, without, you know, anything other than whatever you say is, or however you share it. Like I've had people scream in my face. I've had people, you know, on the floor, in tears in, in, in front of me, whatever it looks like, great. You know, I'm, I'm there to just say, yes, you know, give me more. I'll take more, you know, I'll receive more of that. 
let's, you know, so, so that, that's where I start from. And then whatever comes up in the session or however it comes up is, is, is unique to that individual, but it, it really is just uh, starting with that space where there's every, it, it all gets accepted. It all gets received. There's no, there's no uh, judgment. Well, and they have to obviously trust you and know that it's a safe space for them to be able to express this. But maybe you could share, Matthew, a little bit of the results that you see after you've allowed them to go through and express the the trauma and the emotions and and release it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, overwhelmingly, it's, you know, there's a, there's a lightness, there's a, peace there's a the the ability to breathe and to kind of see life in a new way and to see possibility and to see uh you know there's there's a lot of gratitude you know that comes up from from having released that stuff and i've been on the you know the giving end of this too so i i know you know not only what it's like to provide that but to have that provided for me and so in that space and when that stuff comes up and gets out, excuse me, um, when that get, comes up and, and gets out and it's like, okay, great. Now, now I can see something new. I'm not weighted down by this, you know, and it doesn't mean it disappears and it goes away, but it, but, but when we have different, when we get different viewpoints, we can lean on those or we can, you know, pull from those and, and it just gives us access to, to more ways to feel better and to live happier and to, you know, reconnect with relationships with others, but also with ourselves. you know, and, and I think that's one thing that, that comes up is, you know, just a renewed relationship with self. Um, I had one client uh, who she had this huge tumor in her stomach and she was having to go to monthly doctor's appointments to monitor it. And she was given you know, a set amount of years. And we started working together, not on that, but, but on, you know, releasing her trauma, getting her into a, you know, she was feeling uh, very attacked in her life and just very suppressed and, and all of that. And so, you know, we, we worked together and within like six weeks, two months, I think it was, she went to the doctor and her tumor had shrunk. And he was like, you know what, we're good for another six months. And then, and then that's, you know, since then it's decreased more. It's, you know, everything's just, just kind of changed for her. She's gotten more, more time and she's happier and she knows how to get, I'm, I'm being cautious also with the happier because life isn't all, it isn't about like, Oh, you got to be happy all the time. You know? And I know that that's a, that's a pitfall. And I, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that, but we have access to it. We have access to, you know, when stuff comes up, okay, you know, this is really crappy right now. And this sucks, whether, you know, it's a, like a breakup or a lost job or losing, you know, but it's like, okay, I know I can get through this. It's, you know, it's about building resilience even, you know, I know I'll get through this. And then on the other side, you know, there's going to be relief. There's going to be a celebration. There's going to be a party. There's going to be something. And so we get to go through those spaces uh, with an awareness and with a mindfulness that we're just not raised with, you know, and this is something I, I was telling you, I have three kids, my daughter's 14 and I have uh, twin 11 year old sons. And, you know, to a large extent, they're like, you know, this is hard. I don't want to do this. I want it to be easy. And it's like, I get it. 
and right. that's going to be hard and you're not going to want to do stuff. And so it's, it's more about how we navigate those waters than uh, avoiding those waters. So you, what I'm hearing you say is you help, in your particular case, the woman who had the tumor, you're just helping them change their mindset, which in turn, your mind heals your body. It, it controls it in so many ways. I mean, when you say you're sick, um, you walk around, you know, with your shoulders hunched mm-hmm. and, you know, you're, you're just, your demeanor is different. And so I, I love that you share that story about her and that her tumor shrunk because obviously she changed her mindset, which in turn, I'm not saying her body was completely healed, but it started to heal her body. And I I love that you share that because what you're doing is helping people change their mindset. Yeah. And, and their, yes. And, and their relationship, you know, relationship with their selves. So, so she had, you know, with the tumor, she had, um, uh, pancreatitis, which was very uncomfortable, was very limiting as far as what she could eat. And, and when that, when she would have those flare ups, which were very painful, I started having her, you know, I don't, I don't know how this will sound, but I started having her talk to her pancreas and ask her, what do you want me to know what's going on? And in doing that, like the, the symptoms would, would, subside diminish you know go away and she would feel better and so it's a mindset thing it's a relationship thing it's a fee, you know feeling thing it's all of that it's like whatever it takes to to just like listen you know it's, all, it's funny it's like the more i do this the more it's like it's about listening and really hearing either each other or ourselves or, or whatever's going on it's paying attention well, and I, I love how you said not to um, shame ourselves because I think, you know, we all get into this habit of, oh, I should have done this different or I'm not, I'm not good enough or I'm constantly comparing myself to others. And so we shame ourselves for maybe stuff that we've done in the past or maybe stuff that we've carried with us or the relationships that we've had. And getting to the space where we accept ourselves and be okay with who we are is, yeah. is a hard, it's a hard journey to, to do, to take. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I'm going to transition a little bit and I want you to, t- to share um, a little bit about your book that you have mm-hmm. that you wrote and kind of what um, prompted you to write it and share the title and, and kind of a little bit about the content of the book. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so the book is called Man School, Relating with Women in the Me Too Era. And uh, it was released last June in 2018 uh, and became a number one new release uh, on Amazon in, in six categories. And so uh, about a year before that, I was working on uh, a script that actually dealt with racism, uh, racism and the police, and it took place on a college campus. And through my through my work through my life i've always had women who were friends i've always you know been in relationships with women um and all of the listening techniques that i've learned over the years <laughs> that i apply like i use that so yeah i pay attention um so i was i was i i'm very passionate about social issues and so i was writing the script and then i was writing a book on racism and then the online me too movement happened and you know, one thing it's always important to note is Me Too was started in 2006 by a woman named Tarana Burke, 
as a platform for mostly women of color to be able to share their experiences of, you know, rape, molestation, sexual harassment, you know, and to be able to get support for that. Um, So fast forward to 2008, 17, 2017 with Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby and all of that stuff being public. And then people sharing their me too stories online. Um, you know, my timeline on Facebook was filled with, with stories. And while I knew the statistics and while I knew those things were happening, it was very humbling and overwhelming to see so many stories, especially by people that I knew that I didn't know about those stories. And so doing the work that I do, knowing what I know, I held space and, you know, would enter, you know, would comment and say things like, wow, I'm really sorry that happened. Thank you for sharing. Um, But then I would see other, mostly men who didn't know about that, didn't know how to respond, didn't, you know, didn't know how to be supportive, would either dismiss or victim blame or some version of, you know, negating the story. And so then I would start interacting with them saying, no, you don't understand. This is actually a thing that happens. And women experience, you know, this daily fear, you know, just walking down the street or, or, you know, all of that stuff. And so women were seeing how I was interacting and they're like, oh my God, a man who finally gets it, please write a book or teach a course or something. And and I thought about teaching a course, but I figured a book would be more accessible and it'd be easier for men to just, you know, I'm going to go sit in the corner <laughs> and read this. Sure. And so, and so I wrote it and it's, it's a short book. It's 76 pages, but it's very thorough. And women who have read it uh, have said that it's, they, they've never felt as heard uh-huh. by a man as they have by reading it. And men who have read it uh, have said that it really opened their eyes to not only what women deal with, but how we men get to show up, uh, you know, from our purpose. And we get to create, because I talk about our purpose as men. I also, you know, break down step by step how to listen, uh, you know, and I share the different experiences that women have shared with me, excuse me, that women have shared with me over the years. And, and I share from my own life experience and how we're just not taught things about sex and relationships and and all of that. And so that's all in the book and the response has been really great. It's kind of taboo. Some of the things that you you just, you don't want to talk about. And I guess in the me too movement, these people have always felt the way that they've felt. They've never, never had a platform mm-hmm. to go out and speak it and be heard. And because of social media, because of all the platforms out there, um, you have a voice and you can be heard. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's the difference between today and 25 years ago, you know, they, they still experienced it. It's just today they could be heard. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I remember talking to uh, a man, he was in his sixties about the me too movement. And he, and he had said something like, I wish we could go back to, you know, the old days where this didn't happen. And I was like, no, it was happening. It's just, nobody was talking about it. Right. Right. It was always happening. Yeah. It's always, it's always, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you said something interesting when you mentioned your book, you said, um, you know, helping men figure out what their purpose is or what their role is. So can you kind of elaborate a little bit on that? What, what you teach people about 
or, or men in general, what their role is and what their purpose is. Yeah. Well, I, I help, I, I mean, I help everybody. I help men uh, discover for themselves what their purpose is. And, and, you know, that, that's something that can change over time, but, but so I don't know about 20 years ago when I started my journey, I had a teacher who asked me who, who's the archetypal male? Who's the, the man that I look up to could be real, could be fictional, you know, it could be right. anything. Right. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to date myself, but I, I couldn't think of anybody. And then what came up was Pa Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie, which was a show when I was a kid. And, right. you know, it's a family on a farm. And, you know, he was like a strong man who worked hard, but he was also gentle and, and sensitive with his family. And, um, you know, he, he just seemed like the role model because otherwise it's, you know, it's athletes and musicians and whatever, which is great, but not like well-rounded. They didn't appear to me as well-rounded in, in all the areas that I wanted to develop myself. in. Uh-huh. So, so that, you know, sent me on this quest of, okay, what is, you know, cause there's always the, you know, what is a, a manly man or what is the, what is, who is a man supposed to be? And there's all these books and all these, you know, all the speculation on the qualities. And, and the thing is, no woman, like not all women have, and I'm talking hetero relationships. So not all women have the same criteria for what the kind of man that they want. Is, right. right. right? Not, not all men, like we have this ideal and honestly it's based on, you know, it's like Rambo and all like, we're supposed to like be able to fight and, sensitivity isn't really something that I think men generally tend to appreciate and, and cultivate. But I know uh, as a father and as a, you know, somebody who's dated women and even, you know, not in the hetero community, like it's important to be able to be present with somebody and tune in with somebody. And, and so what I do is, uh, and with men's work is, you know, I, I teach them how to meditate and, how to be still and be in nature and be, you know, with ourselves and really ask ourselves what's important. Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What are the qualities that I want to cultivate in myself? Right. And, and, and that's the, that's the personal journey versus you know, the ways in which all of us shut down would, you know, watch, it used to be like watching TV. Now it's playing video games right. you know, or, right. or, or whatever, but but it's, you know, we're just not pushed in that direction, especially, you know, with our educational system and everything. It's like, we're just kind of taught to, to be robots and fit in and, you know, go, go, go work in the, you know, whatever our current version of the mill is, Sure. you know, and, and that's it. So, so it's really about connecting with ourselves, our relationship with ourselves at a deeper level. So we know who we are, what we want, what works for us and what doesn't. And then we get to take that out into the world. And you, you have to know yourself. That, that's the most important thing. And, and I love that you said that and that you shared that and through meditation and centeredness and being still in nature. I mean, those are, <clears throat> excuse me, all the things that have helped me um, and, 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 you know, through my journey. And I continue to work on them every single day as we all do. But it, it's continued to help me um, just be more present with those relationships that are around me. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Um, okay, so one other thing is you um, you write an article for the Goodman Project. So share a little bit about that. What what kind of content that you put out there, and um, you know what what you're doing with the Goodman Project. Yeah. So yeah, the column is called Too Sensitive, and it uh, it gets released every Tuesday morning, ten thirty a.m. Pacific. So it gets posted every every Tuesday. And I write, I write on relationships. I write on, uh, you know, men's issues and how, how we can show up, but also what we deal with. You know, I wrote an article this last week uh, about money and shame and being a man dealing with, with money and finances and uh, expectations. Uh, I also write articles that address racism and uh, how we can support marginalized communities and how we can uh listen and show up and and knowing you know when is when is our time to, to speak and when is our time to listen and how we can be of support and so I, I cover all of that it's really great you know they let me they trust me to write whatever whatever i want and they've been really supportive of that so it's been awesome i i think that's so awesome matthew i want to acknowledge you for a couple of things first of all um, for how you listen to other people, which has got you to where you are, where you provide that safe space and that um, really quality environment for other people so that they can develop um, a relationship and they can release their trauma. So I, I want to appreciate you for that and being vulnerable oh, and, and for coming on my show. I, I'm so grateful that we connected and I'm so thankful that you were willing to share. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. This has been really great. And thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, what a powerful interview. Matthew drops so much gold and shares so much valuable information on relationships. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Have an awesome day. The music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. <laughs>